Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. How are you feeling? <laughs> Brian. Uh, uh, <laughs> I actually, I feel like this is a triumph for the podcast that this is the first time that one of us has been sick while recording or like fully stuffed up. Yeah. So I'm a little stuffy. I and can see it in your eyes. They're a little welly. And it was so funny because you know how people don't want to be the person that says like, oh my God, you look terrible. Are you okay? But they still say that. <laughs> that happened a couple of times today. And one person was like, is it tears or is it sick? I'm like, can it be both? <laughs> But so like, I, have you been crying? Yeah. Kind of a, it actually, your eyes look like you have allergies. It doesn't. So I don't get allergies. I've never had allergies in my life. But I imagine that if I did, this is what it would feel like. Yeah. Like I have puffy under eyes and my nose is just like just upset. Maybe and it is allergies. It, well, because yesterday, though, I felt like body aches. Oh. So I was I was home from work because I had like the body aches and the knives you in get my that? throat. Oh, so <laughs> I don't think that's an allergy. Symptom. I'm hoping that that's not what comes with allergies <laughs> if that's what it is, because that would be awful. Um, but I'm powering through and I'm feeling I'm feeling better today body wise. But I can I can, you know, my nose is not not pleased. But so if I sound a little stuffy, that's why. But I'm feeling great. I'm ready. <laughs> ready to chalk for am... the next 30, 45 minutes. Exactly. It's what I've been training for. <laughs> All my practicing is getting in. But my update is that I got an A in my stats class. We're snaps. snapping snaps. Snaps. so much for snaps. Sid. Yes, this was a big deal. I'm sure I've talked about this on one of the episodes when I first started stats and being like, what the heck did I do? But I'm really proud of myself because as much as I want to be like all of these reasons why I didn't earn this or like it was an easy class or give yourself like all of the excuses, I feel really good about the work that I put in and the way I earned this grade. And it was a freshman slash, you know, a few undergrads in their stats class, but I was by far probably the oldest person besides the professor. Um, but we did it. And I feel really good about like sticking to it, finishing strong, and doing everything I needed to do. Hell yeah. That's what I got. That's what you, I got. I am so amazed by this because you were immensely stressed about this class. I was. And truly concerned that you were going to flunk. Yes, I was really, I was thinking that it was, this was going to be it for me and this was going to bring down, and you know, like, not to like dust the, sh- the dirt off my shoulders a little bit, but like, I have a 4-0 <laughs> and I'm really proud of my 4-0 and if stats was going to be a thing that broke that, yeah. I was going to be very upset about it. And especially something that like doesn't fit within like it right. it's a requirement that you have to you're like I should have gotten this over with yeah in my undergrad and exactly. the fact that I have to take this in my you know very specific <laughs> master's program is just annoying bonkers but. um but you came out strong and you're done and done. we can celebrate and we this will. is a huge deal yay Let's cheers with some champs. I will do that, and we'll do it on the porch. Well deserved. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You should like soak soak in this. For I wanted a really long to time. go get like wine after, but then I was like, "You're not feeling well. <laughs> Please hold until you're feeling better. Let's let's save it for a few days." Yeah, my body was like, "No, <laughs> hot tea." So instead, yes. hot tea, lots of water, Theraflu, all that stuff. Perfect. 
Oh, anyway, what is your update this week, Bron? I tried Stitch Fix for the first time. Did you love it? It is like the coolest clothing present you could give yourself. Yes. Um, I, a coworker of mine shared uh, her, she's been doing it for a really long time and she gets the box shipped to work probably for safety reasons because so it's not sitting on her porch all day um and she opened it and i was like oh my gosh everything you're getting in here is so cute yep. and so she like walks me through the whole process and how it's like become this awesome thing and all the things that she gets at this point are like super catered to her and I was like I feel like this is something that I could get down with thinking about spring summer season yes because there are a few things in my closet that a I don't want to shop for and b uh I need input from someone on the outside a professional yeah right like I there are things that I just don't want to spend the time hunting for and I'd rather have someone else do the work for me I think that's the best part is that like they're going to find stuff that you wouldn't necessarily pick for yourself. And that's the huge benefit of the whole operation. Yeah. So I ended up getting my first box and the whole process is like you definitely want to sit down for at least 30 minutes before you're like preparing to do this. It, no it one is, tells you that. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it is a little bit of an onboarding because you're like you write out the specifics of like what you actually want in your box. Like, hey. It's spring summertime here. I'm looking for dresses for wedding season or I'm lo- in my case I'm looking for like casual things that I could wear at work and then out. Yeah. Um and then like jackets, like casual and like work appropriate casual jackets, things like that. Like specific things that are missing from my closet. So like give me things that fit this routine. And then you answer a bunch of questions about like is this your style and they show outfit examples. Of, like, a full outfit of, like, jacket, shoes, pants, top. Yep. And it, you pick, like, totally me, somewhat me, absolutely not. Um, and so that was actually really helpful um, to kind of better align your style with what you're actually going to get in your box. Yeah. And, again, like, super thorough Q&A. And then on a daily basis, I think they have, you can like open the app or go on the website and like click through and thumbs up or thumbs down. Yes. A specific outfit, like a t-shirt or um, sweater or style of pants. Like, would you wear this or would you not wear this? And I think that's probably really helpful too. Um, But then when I got my first box, there's only one thing that actually looked good or that was like my style. That's sad. But I actually kind of anticipated that because yeah. it was the first round. So I gave very thorough feedback. So hopefully my second box, which will be coming next week. Ooh. Actually, just kidding. It's been shipped. So it'll probably be here in a few days. So are you doing them monthly? I am literally just like doing it. Yeah. I, I signed up for a bi-monthly. But okay. when I got my last one and only one thing came through that I liked, I was like, Next shipment, send it. Ship it out, yeah. <laughs> so I just like, you just you can click request it now. I think that's great. And I agree with you on all of the points that you made about like the time commitment to sitting down with it. And what makes it great is that you really, if you take the time to work with it, then it will work with you. Yeah. And so to take like all of that intentionality that you would be putting into your shopping experience for yourself and do it from your home and on your laptop and then just have someone like curate a box for you. Super, super helpful. Yeah. 
So, Beth, if you're listening, I'm super excited for the box you're sending me on uh, Saturday this week. Is Beth your stylist? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And do you have, like, is there, like, a referral code of some kind? Uh, There is a referral code. So So if anybody wants to give it a whirl, might as well. Hit us up. This is what we're here for. We'll throw it in the show notes if you're into it. I We'll see if I get, you know, more fun outfits to wear for the summer. You'll have to tell us how the next box goes and, like, give us... I'll give you the scoop. Real-time updates. Yeah, because that will be helpful. That would be great. What is uh, inspiring you this week, Brom? I am inspired by this (laughs) lovely article I found on Medium. I'm just reading the title. (laughs) So good. How to deliver constructive feedback in difficult situations. It's what we thrive on. Again, like just things that come up all the time and you're not prepared for it. Yeah. And this, what I like about this article is that it's not applicable to just one scenario. It's across the board from like talking to your parents (laughs) to work scenarios to partnership, relationship conversations and beyond. Um, but I really liked their take on taking emotions out out of the scenario and shared the example of explaining, here's what the emotion is. I feel frustrated. The thought is, I feel that you aren't taking this seriously. And I just couldn't detach myself from the, like, ha- this is so important. This yeah. is relevant. And especially in the workplace to better communicate with your team and your boss um, or when you're having an argument with your with your partner, I feel like this oh, where you're like changer. where you're just like I'm angry <laughs> and I don't know what to say. Like that's not necessarily a helpful situation. It's like what what are what's the what's actual the thought? thought associated with what you're dealing? And so they talked about how observations play an important role in this this whole situation and how it how necessary it is not to evaluate why we think something happened, but rather observe and state the facts to avoid assuming one way or the other. So smart. And what I appreciate is that I think sometimes when we go toward the emotion, it means that it's an emotion that we can own. And like that feels like it will be helpful, but it's very like it's it's like a cloudy picture. Like yeah. you can't actually get to the root of what's going on. And so it allows us to step back and say like Again, like we've talked about who owns the feelings that you're feeling, it's you. And so if like someone reacts to the thought, which is much more direct and much more honest, you don't have to own their feeling coming off of that because you've shared what's actually going on. And hopefully what comes out of that is a much more like helpful communicative situation where you can both see each other a little bit more clearly and I thought I I think I did read this now that you're saying like the emotion out of it and and put it a thought in place of it Um, and I just think that that kind of directness is so uh, rare for Mm -hmm. whatever reason because we're scared I'm sure Um, but to go there and get comfortable going there is only going to help us yeah because like my math my eighth grade math teacher like like to say, uh, when you assume you make a an ass out of you and me. I think that I mean that's one of the only phrases that has continuously stuck with me my entire life. So I remembered it. I think that that was a a power play on your teacher's part. And then <laughs> some other a holes in the class were like, "You just swore and wrote that on the board." <laughs> Then they told their parents it was really awkward. <laughs> and I was like, come on, guys. This is a great life lesson. Grow up. <laughs> That's funny. What about you? Well, you knew this was coming. 
Of course. If you haven't watched it a thousand times, I'm upset with you. Uh, The Beyonce movie slash documentary on Netflix is what has inspired me and will continue to lift me up and carry me through my life. (laughs) It was called Homecoming. It was the... um, Basically, like, the the whole show from her Coachella performance in 2018 on Netflix in movie form. Yeah. And it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. <laughs> it was just... I wouldn't w- expect anything less from you, Sid. Ser- I, I was over the moon. I was taken aback. I cried. Of course. I felt my feelings. But it was cool because I forgot that she did the performance twice. So obviously she had an outfit change as did the rest of the squad. And so what's really cool about the movie is they flip like throughout the entire performance, even within the same songs and stuff, they'll flip which performance it was. So like on an inst on an instant, like they'll have her be in the whole team, be in a wholly different outfit and the costume from a different weekend. And it was just super cool to see like that come together. And I had to like, that's rewind some good it. editing, super, super good editing. And so in addition to like what this was, which was just magic on my screen and perfection in my life, it really showed us the power of really hard work and how something like that doesn't just come together. And the fact that she had so much ownership over the entire process was really cool to see. So it was like eight months in the making. And now people will talk about the diet that she had to prepare for this, which I actually don't agree with. She like cut everything out to prepare. And I like, however you feel about that, I do like, I don't think that's the best message, you know, but that's what she did. But I think in addition to like all of the things that she did personally the things that she allowed for the people around her to do and the ownership she gave to her dancers her singers her orchestra everybody played a major role in this magnificent piece of artwork and what was really cool on top of all of that about the entire thing is that so I didn't realize this but she was paid four million Mm -hmm. for her performance Ariana Grande was apparently paid nine million for her performance this year which means that Bay probably took less by a lot, flipped it to negotiate just taking less for the Coachella performance so she could have full rights to the performance, Mm -hmm. make it into a special, turn it into an album, which is also fire, and then also introduced a brand new song. Like, it was just the way that she flipped that into... And then the profits that she ends up making off of, who knows what they made off of the Netflix deal. Exactly. And that's the thing, is like, she took less for all that work and that whole performance to then know what people needed to see a year later and know that like the behind the scenes look at her life and her family and the work that went into that was going to just be everything we wanted. And I heard about it when it came out and how amazing and, and fantastic and true to her experience and trying to share the experiences of being a student at an HBCU was and like what stepping looked like and and this power that comes with all of that. But then to be able to share that with Mm -hmm. everybody through the streaming platform was just, I was just beside myself. It was fantastic. (laughs) So I was flying high. I listened to the album pretty much every single day. It gives me life. So intrusive form. Yes. I like give me all the divaness, all of the extra everything, and I will just internalize it and have it float me through my world. I love it. So it was fantastic. 
Everybody needs to tune in. It's worth, I, it's worth I'm getting watch. the feeling that you haven't watched yet. No. So we'll watch together and that'll be fine. <laughs> I haven't had time to watch anything except for Game of Thrones. Which we can recap <gasps> on a later Ooh. date. We should do a whole episode. No spoilers, but that's the only TV I have uh, time for right now. And it that's is fair. giving me life. We should really we'll, we'll make a note. We'll, we'll do that for an episode. Excellent. And if you don't care, then... Don't listen. <laughs> Full O spoilers. Yes. Uh, okay, Brian, give it to me straight. We hosted a lovely event. We sure did. Back in March where we led a discussion on balance, um, which is a topic that we've in so many ways covered uh, related to work-life balance, setting boundaries, things of that nature. And really the event was a nice way to kind of take our community it, experience in the podcast into the real world which Uh was uh, wonderful on its own partnered with some lovely ladies um in rochester including embolden and the lovely rochester beer gal uh carolyn styles yep props to you ladies for adding such an awesome element to the experience um we did a cheese pairing with aj's beer warehouse cheese uh beer (laughs) Cheese on the side. Cheese, <laughs> cheese plus cheese. Um, but the the beer and cheese experience coupled with how do we balance, complement our life and work experience? Is it more about work-life integration? Are these things even attainable? What are the challenges that we're facing? Um, and just like what can we do to fill our lives with more joy? And I think what we loved most about the experience is that it actually brought up more questions and more thoughts for yes. all of us to to kind of process on our own time. So we wanted to take some of those things that we discussed and bring it to the podcast and have our, another discussion about some of the the unique challenges and perspectives that, that we uncovered um, with the guests at the, that event and bring it to the rest of hashtag Team QS. Yes, yes. I, you know, I was thinking to myself, is it possible to still like be buzzing thinking about what happened that night? And the answer is yes, because I am. And what was just so fantastic is that everybody was so willing to share and listen and and be open with a group of people that, you know, you might have known the person next to you or you might not have, um, but to really be able to share openly about everybody's personal experience with balance and what that really meant to them was really special. Mm -hmm. And so I'm excited to kind of, because there were things that, like you said, came up that like we didn't anticipate coming up. And so I'm excited today to kind of explore some of the details of everything that kind of went down that night and maybe come out with even more, um, I don't know, like ammo against this whole balance thing Mm -hmm. and see what we can do to either continue to work toward it or work around it or work with it and see um, what we can just grow and learn from, from all those fabulous women. Let's speak it, Queens. All right. We want to recap and discuss what we learned. We sure do. (laughs) That's what we're getting into. Um, I just found it so interesting to hear... how much people have a hard time setting boundaries. Yes. A, that I'm not alone. Felt seen. And B, even talking about a solution isn't easy. Right. And saying like, here's a thing you can do. And then them being like, what? (laughs) That sounds hard. Yeah. And it's funny too, because there were some moments too, where people shared like, 
boundaries are hard, especially when it comes to family. And I think one of the things that we tried to uh, reiterate with the group and just kind of get perspective from some different ladies, like some people have kids and their parents are involved. And like, what does that dynamic lead to in the home environment when like not having your dad walk in on you while you're trying to nurse your baby or like pumping in the bathroom yeah (laughs) things that you know we have not experienced but (laughs) or like mom and dad wanting you know in your case you're you have family hangs on a regular basis and like what do people do when their families are out of town and their expectations of like you visiting or them visiting here and what that actually looks like and we had a really nice discussion about clear communication um and setting expectations around your needs yeah and it's hard because i think you can say that you can say set expect set your like just tell them what you need yeah but the the process of it is is hard because you're doing something new and uncomfortable if you if you've been in the mode where from a balanced perspective you're like i know that i have a lot on my plate and i know that my family is coming to town this weekend how you, like, how do I avoid burnout? Right. And instead of thinking about worst case scenario of like, oh my gosh, I have family coming to town and I know this is going to burn me out. It's taking a step back to say, okay, I know that I'm feeling overwhelmed already. What can I do to communicate that in a way that doesn't offend my family, but say like, hey, it's been really busy at work. Right. So... Is there a way for us to maybe build in an hour or two where we have some downtime? Like you guys can go out and explore some things that are are you're passionate about. <laughs> yes. Hit up the gardens. <laughs> like I have a list of activities for you. Transportation's all set. Yeah. Like proactively, what can you do in those situations to to state your need? Right. So that it they're not blindsided when you get angry. <laughs> Right. Because you're tired. Yes. And I think it goes back to that, like, letting someone feel their feelings. Like, communicating effectively and respectfully is, is and especially when it's your family and you know how to do that in a way that hopefully they'll be receptive to it. Even if they're disappointed, like, that, those are their feelings and they're allowed to have those. But you don't have to own that disappointment when it's, like, you need what you're asking for. When you are asking for something that's totally within your bounds, that's totally, like, okay to be saying, like, I have a lot of work on my plate, like, an hour or two in the middle of the day, not going to mm-hmm. hurt anybody. Um, you can acknowledge the disappointment without taking it personally. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes, exactly. Be like, I'm, I'm sorry that you're disappointed, but this is the way that it is. Right. Or just say, I think, you know, I've got other stuff planned for you guys and I think you'll have a really good time. A couple hours without me is not going to affect you. You've got me the rest of the weekend. Yeah. And I, honestly, it felt like we could have had a whole other conversation on just how to start that communication process. And I think that was one of the cool things that kind of came out of this event was that all of the other things that arise out of this topic are also their own things to to confront and work with. Um, and it seemed like a breakthrough that we could kind of have that be part of the positive piece of the conversation and that hopefully there was some helpfulness around like, hey, we think it's balanced, but what it actually might be in this situation is communication. Mm-hmm. And then trying to, again, like 
continue to drill down into what the core of the issue is and back out of it from there. So everything you just talked about, about how to have that clear communication, then will lead to some semblance of balance and boundaries, which I think is a really nice byproduct of this conversation. Yeah. And truly, with a lot of these things, you won't get there until you at least try it and practice it. And it's going to be hard and it's going to come off a little weird or not how you wanted it to in the beginning. But as long as you're setting them up for whoever it is that you're speaking to about your needs, at least you're communicating what you want. Right. Because that ends up, that's always something that's very challenging for women. And we all need to do more of that. And I think it's really empowering to think about us talking about what we need. And it will make all of your relationships healthier. Absolutely. I agree with that. Next word of wisdom or interesting POV. (laughs) Didn't know we needed until we needed it. (laughs) Not everybody's life experiences allow them the opportunity to quit their terrible job and be an entrepreneur. So how do we find balance in tough times? Yes. Yes. And I I thought this was interesting, too, because um, I think a lot of people who who have either, like, found a solution in a time of, like, I've I've hit burnout, my solution was this, and think, like, their fix is the end-all fix. Right. And so to be in a place where you can say, like, just quit your job. It's like, that's not actually helpful advice. Exactly. And I think, like, what was positive, the positive thing that came out of that piece was, like, okay, should we talk about mindset? Because mindset is a thing that we can kind of confront. Mm -hmm. But, like, brass tacks, actual ability to do something like that is just not on the table for so many people. And what I think it also kind of reminded us of is that like shaming people for their choices or their circumstances is just really not okay. And so even if you don't think what you're doing is shaming, like I've totally been guilty of this myself. Like someone says something that is it not, not like not, I, I just have it's like we'll just do this right or it's just like really that's 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 what you're gonna do yeah and even if you don't mean it to come off the way that it's being received like it is being received that way it's being received as shaming it's being received as like oh my god i've now just blown up my whole life and how am i going to deal with that yeah. so just being like thoughtful when we talk about balance i think some of the things that we need to really consider are our thoughtfulness around how people make choices and how we respond to the choices that people make short of like anything that's super disrespectful or awful. (laughs) Like we know what those things look like, but someone's making a choice for their life that works for them and coming at something from the place of like, well, is this because like this is what's on your plate right now and you really can't find the time or are you scared? Like, is this fear that's getting in your way of finding a way to make this happen? Like ask questions that allow people to share honestly versus Mm -hmm. make them feel bad for where they even are at that moment. Um, But I think it's so true. Like we we can't expect everybody to just like up and do a thing just because it worked for someone else. We don't know what got them to that point of being able to do that thing. Yeah, and in those situations, the the asking of questions to dive deeper is really helpful because you can end up figuring out what is holding someone back or what might be the obstacle and say, okay, maybe eventually you could quit your terrible job that you currently are hating or whatever the the bad thing is in in your scenario um but how do you get there first like how do we build a plan around the problem that you're facing but actually figuring out like a realistic 
solution to that problem, not just like, here's this one easy fix it. Right. It's like, let's drill down into your motivations. What are your values? What's something that you could do in the short term maybe right. to just at least to open up more time so that you can put more energy into your passion projects. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that kind of flows well into the next thing on the list. Remind ourselves what fulfills us <laughs> and say no to everything else. That no word Another is. thing that's <laughs> really hard for us as ladies. And I still have moments where I'm like, this is fine. I'll just say yes to this. Right. I'm not doing anything right now. And then you're like, oh, wow, burnout. Right. Overwhelmed. Like, like a brick wall. Crying. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but one of the things that you, the ways that you can do this is to actually take more time for you and reflect on what you value most yeah. so that you feel like you're spending, like you're assessing and present in the life that you're experiencing and acknowledging this fulfills me. Yes. Yeah. This does not fulfill me. No. Right. And until you evaluate that against some kind of like values-based rubric. (laughs) Let's get scientific. (laughs) You're not necessarily, uh, you're going to keep kind of hitting this challenge of like, I'm doing too much. Right. I, I feel like I can't avoid this thing or that thing. Absolutely. Um, And so think about we say this all the time and we post a lot of things about it on instagram is what brings you joy right and joy is is just i think just one of those things that feels easy and is very hard and like you said about like what is it up against a rubric like really taking moments to understand like when you're feeling full like oh i love being around people that makes me feel full oh wait i'm in a room full of strangers not so full like really trying to separate what like what maybe the the foundation of it is and then continue to dissect it down from there um is helpful in understanding what that fullness actually comes from and what it feels like when it feels really good and really like you said this was the hardest part for a lot of the group we realized is that we had a lot of very ambitious women who were out there getting the most done and I think part of it is culture I think part of it is like every 40 under 40 or 30 most powerful people under 25 like you're just like holy cow how do you keep up with those kind of numbers so like culturally we're just thinking we have to do the most all the time to get to where we think we want to be and we we are trying to get there before we even really fully understand what we want sometimes and so saying yes to everything feels like a means to an end to get to that like promised land where I really think that finding what you're saying no to helps you get to that promised land because you understand where you put the most value, what fulfills you the most, whether it is personal or professional, like cutting out all of the fat is going to help you really understand where you want to get to. Um, But it's a hard thing to do again, because like you think one, and this can change too, right? Like Five years ago, I was out all the time, like hustling, meeting and hanging out. And then 
cut to five years later and I'm like, wow, my couch looks really good on a Friday night every week. (laughs) And that is new and different, but it also allows us to say like, hey, things that I said no to five years ago, maybe I'm saying yes to now and vice versa. Yeah. Um, So knowing that this can change is another part of that like ongoing ability to reassess what balance looks like for us as our life changes. And I think there's an important distinction to saying no in advance versus bailing and flaking at the last minute. Super uncool. Yeah. Super uncool. So (laughs) try to avoid the day of cancellation if you can. Obviously, if you've definitely like overpacked and you're ill, like Sid. (laughs) I would never cancel on you, Ron. (laughs) Shoulda, coulda, woulda. But the idea of seeing having an awareness in advance of your needs uh-huh. what who you want to spend time with what you want to spend time on and being okay with saying no to certain things like i actually experienced this the other day where i was like i can totally go out to dinner with this person I haven't seen in three months Get it done and then an <laughs> go to another event afterward after working an eight-hour day and waking up at 6.45 to go to the gym. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself the week prior, and I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to say no to this second quote-unquote frivolous thing. Yeah. It would be awesome to go and I would see people that I enjoy seeing, but I'd rather be at 100% seeing those people and schedule something that fits better within my my time lifetime frame right. than go and be like negative or tired or come and off not, like, like fully present. Thinking about also like the the person that you are presenting the world to, like yeah. how do you show up 100% all the time? It's it's impossible to do that when you've been running all day. And some people can't do that. And I appreciate that. But um, not a lot of people can do that. And like you said, like being very aware of how you are coming off to other people, whether those people are like your very bests that get it and understand, like, do you really want to be crabby with those people? <laughs> like, that's your time to re- recover and be with those people. And to be in a bad mood at that point is just not fun. Or worst case scenario, it's people that you're brand new to the scene and you're trying to make a good first impression and you're just cranky. It's not good. That sounds like crash. (laughs) Not fun. Uh, We need to remind ourselves that it might be busy, stressful, overwhelming in the moment that we're in. And that's okay. Yeah. Acknowledging that that's okay and that's a situation. And reminding ourselves that we have control over our future. Yes. And so setting, <laughs> <Do we? laughs> setting time in advance to recharge and relax and block time for yourself when you know, I'm having a busy week. I know that this is going to be chaotic. Yep. There's nothing I can do. Because, like, that's the other thing is, like, you can't – that's just going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have deadlines for work. You're going to have – you know, busy birthday weeks, like with seven of your friends who were born in the same week. It happens. not personal. (laughs) It happens. So what can you do to at least give yourself the time back for you, for your future self, so that you know that you can have the time to recharge and acknowledging like, I'm going to hustle through what I'm hustling through right now and I can handle it as long as I have this day 
to chill. Right. I think about this so often, like, especially lately, there's been a lot going on that reminds me of this on a basically daily basis. But if we are not taking care of ourselves, then there is no way we can show up in the way that our people need um, in the right way. And I I now feel that more than ever as I sit here sick. <laughs> but not about me, about other people. <laughs> but really, like, lately, there's just been a lot of instances where people that I love and care about are not treating themselves the way that they need to. And I get that life happens and sometimes we just don't have time. But that's like when leaning on the people around you who love you is comes really, really clutch. Um but we cannot be who we want to be for the people we love if we cannot take care of ourselves. It just will not work. Um, and so reminding ourselves of that when we talk about something like this, we're like blocking that time for you, even if at that moment you feel like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, you know yourself well enough to anticipate or hopefully you're getting to a place where you are getting to know yourself well enough to anticipate when that night off is not just going to be like, for kicks, it's going to be because it's necessary, even if you're in doing it before you burn way out. Doing it when you're still okay is is another piece of this. I also appreciated that there were people that were really happy to enjoy their hobby like on the side and keep it a hobby. I thought that that was one very big thing that came out of the conversation that we had that night. And that surprised some people. And honestly, like we've been what reading about this forever now, it feels like about how keeping some things as just a fun thing that you like to do that brings you joy and doesn't then take on the... Um, business aspect of it is a really important thing to do. And that kind of comes into this balanced conversation. And I appreciated people's like against, you know, the better judgment of other people saying like, really, but you're so good at this, or you could do this so well, like, why wouldn't you monetize it? And like, for some things, sure, like that makes a lot of sense. But for some people are like, this is my joy. And monetizing my joy just isn't really going to make it right now. And so that coming out of the conversation reminded us of how important it is to have other identities and other aspects to ourselves that we protect by keeping them fun and light. And when we are able to get to them, they are our de-stressor. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed people sharing what that was for them personally. And then like as a whole, us being like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I think that all of us could do a little better trying that out. Yeah. So. And I think that's uh, something we should all emulate in some capacity because it is so easy for people to put the pressure on themselves to do more say more be more be more (laughs) yes just do things for your happiness and your well-being joy we work in in honor of joy (laughs) hit the gym (laughs) work it out we wanted to share also this lovely wisdom from Stacey Abrams because she we've recently been seeing from all angles. A, shout out to her in our recent Women Inspiring Team QS episode. Yes. Um, but she talks about work-life Jenga. I'm so into As this. the concept uh, to embody. Um, and I love this. I'm also a huge fan of the game Jenga. <laughs> Side note. <laughs> So the metaphor really hit home. But in Jenga, the goal is to make as many moves as possible without destroying the tower. Huh. Even as it sways and and lists. So 
Two, this is a quote from from Stacey Abrams. Um, We'll share the article in the show notes. So two, in work-life Jenga, the expectation is not one of balance. It's one of strategy and of making the best of each move one block at a time. That literally floored me. She's so smart. (laughs) And she speaks about focusing on what's most important and letting letting go of the negativity associated with getting that thing done. Uh Um, So that could be family or work obligation, do what needs to be done and communicate that hierarchy of needs. And I think that that is uh, a really powerful message because it is, we take on, we've talked about this in past episodes too, is like the guilt associated with saying no or like prioritizing things. And you just have to get comfortable letting go of that negativity associated with it because you're doing what needs to be done like everything in life is about prioritization yeah that's the book i'm gonna write <laughs> can't wait can't wait <laughs> and in the article uh that we're talking about uh she mentions eisenhower saying that critical priorities should be both urgent and important time sensitive and change making so her approach has become um breaking things out in your life with these labels gotta do need to do, ought to do, and might get around to. Huh. I like that. I like that a lot. I, you know, I was looking for something to add to this that could kind of round this out that would also be like as inspiring and as phenomenal as Stacey Abrams is. And there's no match for her. So impossible. But what I really enjoyed about reading what you put here was like that visual is super helpful. So really visual. I mean, I hope that everybody has had an opportunity to play the great game of Jenga. But if you have not, then get yourself a, a, a board game. No, bar game. <laughs> Buy the box. Buy the box of Jenga. The boxes. <laughs> the blocks. The blocks. But that visual is so... I mean, I found that to be more helpful than anything else. Even from the gotta do, need to do, ought to do, might get around to. Like, that is very helpful. But, like... Seeing like seeing a Jenga situation and seeing it as the priorities that you have and how to you need to continue to build like that's the game is you continue to build up. But you have to be so thoughtful about every move because it gets harder as you get toward that top rung. And you don't want to be wiggling on one block. You do not because that is not a fun place to be. One one block shifts to the left and the towers come coming crashing down. It is. It's anxiety inducing to say the very least. <laughs> but I like it has to be thoughtful. It has to be considered. And you can't stop the whole game just for one move. Like you can't like halt everybody else who's playing to say like, I've got this one thing and I'm working on this one thing and everything comes before this one thing. Like you get to be considerate of the things in your life and you have the privilege of being able to be thoughtful about the next move that you're going to make. But you have to understand that the game keeps moving. The thing keeps moving. What we don't want to do is get to that like teetery awful place where you're like, I'm on one leg and I don't know how I'm going to make it through this. Um, But we get to visualize the fall of that tower too. And we get to know what that last block that brings it down looks like. And that's our power is that we get to do that for our own life and for what happens in for us every single day. And so I thought that this was so helpful and it makes me want to like, like have a Jenga situation 
game and like label the blocks and like label them with my priorities and label them with the things that matter to me and like build my perfect Jenga. Like what lives at the top, what teeters on one leg, what's going to get me to that point. Like Mm -hmm. all of those pieces that are both working very much together and very much against each other every step of the way and being able to say like what are those things that live at every single one of those those places um so I thought that it was I thought that that was just genius and I think that she's a genius and I'm so glad that this is how we round out this balance conversation because she's just phenomenal and that's a great message and by round out, round out, we mean continue to talk about it because we know that this is going to come up again. <laughs> True. In, in a True. different capacity. But I think unlike the game of Jenga, we can continue to add blocks to the foundation of our True. own of our own lives and continue to build up our needs and our wants. And I think that that's the goal that we have here is to put yourself, your needs, your values, your priorities first and go from there yeah. because everything you do should be for yourself so that you can serve others and serve you know your relationships your your partners your friends your work environment your community environment and beyond absolutely okay. shall we break let's break Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening this week. You can follow us on Instagram at queen underscore speaking to continue the conversation. And you can find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See See you next week. week!